Moncrief on News Talk. In the UK, they've just announced that they are to introduce an emergency phone alert system which will activate in danger to life situations or so they say, such as severe weather. So how would that work and should we do something similar here? We're joined with the security analyst Declan Power. Afternoon, Declan. Good afternoon, Sean. How are things? Are there many countries that have these kind of things? Well, I think these were primarily uh, designed for use in countries that have ongoing particular uh, high-threat landscapes. So Japan, that is known for having earthquakes or uh, other parts of the world that would be subject to severe flooding and flash flooding, things that could develop into uh, to a, a severe level very, very quickly. So the idea then that you could quickly alert your population or segments of your, of, of your population that there was a, an extreme weather event uh, on the cusp mm. of, of, of occurring. And, you know, the, the research has shown that this has saved lives uh, in those parts of the world. What, what puzzles me a little bit, though, Sean, is um, <clears throat> that the UK are, are doing it, are, are bringing it in with a degree of fanfare because yeah, they're, they're much like ourselves in the same, they live, we live in the same climate zone. And uh, while we've both been subject to severe uh, weather events in the last decade or so, I wouldn't have said we're in the same zone uh, as, we'll say, Japan for earthquakes or you know, other parts of the world, such as Pakistan for the extreme flooding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't help thinking that maybe it's, it's, it's a little bit of a fanfare of window dressing to take the focus from other things, because uh, the UK's emergency service workers, their police, their nurses, they're all in a degree of strife with the government at the moment about pay conditions. And one can't help thinking that that's really where their capacity needs to be expanded uh, rather than focusing on this. Is there any possibility that they're just putting this system in place just on the off chance something far more serious happens? Well, yes, perhaps. But um, I don't like it with regards to we were discussing this earlier with your research team. Uh, with regards to it being of great use for uh, uh, we we'll say a security uh, issue, a, a terrorist threat, it wouldn't be an ideal system either because the, the heavy lifting with regards to countering a security threat um, is done with threat intelligence, and that work needs to be done quietly behind the scenes, alerting the general public that you have just been told that there's a bomb in the centre of London is probably going to cause more chaos than casualties. And if you know some of your listeners out there would be familiar with the Oma bombing, I know that in the chaos leading up to that, when the, the, that terrorist grouping rang in to the police to give a very short warning, it was miscommunicated, and mm. the police ended up ushering people towards the blast site rather than away from it. Um, <clears throat> so really, I would argue that these kind of alert systems are probably best used with an extreme weather alert. Um, you could you could be a bit conspiratorially minded and think, is it something to do? Is one thinking ahead for something like a pandemic event again? But I would I would be the my I would be a proponent for these kinds of things being done largely through the likes of yourselves, mainstream established media that can quickly alert uh, a population, but to do it in a contextual way. And I think that's what's hugely important. Um, if you're living within a, a, an area, let's for example, say a coastal area that's subject to extreme storms that can whip up very quickly. Uh, having those kinds of alerts, I'm sure, to a, a segment of a population that are sensitised to the climate conditions and so therefore have a, a series of response actions 
that they have in their heads when they're alerted to that, or like the Japanese, who I'm sure from a young age it's drilled into them to take certain actions if they know an earthquake is coming, uh, then it makes sense. But on its own, uh, without context, uh, something like that could be more perhaps harm than good. Yeah, plus also, I imagine, I mean, there's, uh, there's certain parts of, of Britain, for instance, that have experienced flooding, but only certain parts. If you send out an alert to everybody in Britain, then you're just worrying people needlessly. Well, I agree. And the other thing, too, is in both UK and Ireland with regards to flooding, obviously we've seen flooding become a much, a much greater issue uh, and it has definitely uh, intruded on people's lives in a, in a very uh, unwelcome way and damaging way. But in some cases, whether people knew, and in a lot of cases they did know there was flooding, and if you're unfortunate enough to uh, be living in a flood, flood plain or, or a zone that regularly floods, it doesn't much matter. Uh, unless it's a case that you need to get out of there because we're talking about a flash flood that you could be washed away, a tsunami type event, um, and you need to actually clear out of the location. That's not really been the situation in Ireland with regards to severe weather alerts. The worst I can think of would be some years ago, uh, I forget which one of the storms it was that the alerts, where uh, people were urged to stay in because of flying debris. That, that was the nature of the threat. and that could lead to people being harmed or uh, damaged or their, their, their property or themselves damaged if they were out and about and or, or killed, as happened one or two people, from debris, debris that was uh, from trees that had been knocked down. So, that, you know, but even so, that, that was still dealt with by uh, informing people through a combination of conventional social media. Yeah. Oh, actually, uh, Tom, one of our listeners who's in Anascorthy says, I have to give our county council its due. We get text alerts for water issues, road closures, floods and fallen trees in their map alerter system. Maybe we do things better in Wexford. Obviously, that's a given, uh, uh, Tom. But (laughs) something like that would be of use if it's on a local basis, though. Absolutely, Sean. I I think um, I think your listener has put their finger on it, that this should be driven from the ground up. A local authorities in different areas that are uh, familiar with the needs uh, and familiar with the, the threat the threat landscape. Um, and also then it can be done in a, in a contextual way uh, that people are, are aware uh, that they, maybe you, uh, water shortages can be an issue uh, at certain times of the year. And so they're attuned to keep an eye to certain things. I think uh, on a national basis, it, you know, trumpeting it uh, that you, you've done this Personally, I just can't get away from the fact that it seems to be something that has been given undue attention because really something like this is re- only ever going to be part of the mosaic of responses that a, a state mm. should be engaging with. And if we kind of put all our eggs too much into one basket or focus too much on it, it seems to me like it's a bit of virtue signaling without any huge substance to it. And as I say, there's no point in having something that tells you there's a major event on the way and you haven't invested in the capacity of your emergency services to be able to respond. Yeah, uh, so you don't see anything similar happening in this country then? I don't at this point in time, no. I, I, you know, I, I think the system they have, I think there's the issue about alerts isn't the issue. I think if where we need to focus in this country is to listen to those on the ground and try and give them the capacity that they need, be they those who police our streets are those who operate, the paramedics who operate our ambulances, the firefighters who respond to emergencies, and indeed the doctors and nurses who work tirelessly uh, in a very unwieldy managed health system. Yeah, 
Because I imagine anyway, if, God forbid, we, you know, ended up in a war or something like that. And in in Ukraine, people get, you know, air raid alerts on their phones. It's probably relatively easy to set up that kind of thing anyway. Yeah, that has worked really well. The Ukrainians are probably the the leaders now in uh, developing what I would loosely describe as adaptive technology. Uh, But again, what makes that work so well is that the Ukrainians are so well sensitized to this. So they get alerts on their phone. Uh, and within their community systems, they have uh, they have a, a, a response system at play whereby they will uh, respond to it. They will move to their community shelters. They will, you know, it won't be just a, a, a panicked reaction. Yes. So if you were yeah. to develop this on a national basis and bring it in and everybody every so often got alert, I think there is the danger that in this country and others like it that where people are not that used to responding to emergencies. People would run around like a pantsless and fire and uh, that they would overreact. Uh, contextual understanding is key yeah. to good emergency management. Or, or not react at all and stay in the pub, uh, <laughs> as often happens when the fire alarm goes off. Shelter in place, John. Shelter <laughs> in place in the pub. Declan, thanks William, for uh, speaking with that us today. Uh, that was the security analyst, uh, Declan Power, there. Moncrief, weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.